Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I don't like blood. like this it can belie the fact like you don't know where you're heading with what you're saying <laughs> i like the gravelly authority though thank you uh you're welcome you wouldn't know it from this voice but this is matt gorley and this is paul <laughs> this is with gorley and, with rust. gorley and rust in holiday horror we trust with galladay gore and rust yeah right here in the middle of this holiday uh horror run uh we had two yeah. before us we got two ahead of us that's right uh and uh, we're talking about love today. oh yeah yeah it's uh the, the just the tip top of january but you can save this for a few weeks if you want or listen now because valentine's day is right around oh, the, the corner the decorations are already out uh-huh. uh cupid i've seen cupids flying all over <laughs> the place too, man dodging their <sighs> listen this is with gorley and russ mm-hmm. it's the podcast mm-hmm. it's it's at length mm-hmm. it's easy listening mm-hmm. it's a cozy cast where we right. go on and we just talk about horror movies thrillers and whatever else seems to grabble our dabble <laughs> And dabble the gravel, we wabble. You can listen on the free feed with mm-hmm. ads and a week late, but if you are the discerning type, yeah. if you're the um, quality listener who <laughs> wants to go to our patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust, you can get the episodes ad-free mm-hmm. a week early, yes. mailbag episodes, yes. feature-length commentaries, mm-hmm. Cozy tournaments oh. and drafts, All re-ranking episodes, special episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just recorded a mailbag. We just recorded a mailbag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a Discord there where yes. you can talk to the community of what we call the trustees. Discord? Oh, yeah. That cord. Uh-huh. <laughs> that cord. If you subscribe at the highest level, which is the baby xenomorph level, you can get your name read on the podcast Ooh. like these fine people. What's your thumbs name? Oh, Sean Cruz would like his name read by the Shut up, lawyer. Of course. Uh, 
Mike Trotta, and he would like to give a shout out to his boys, Parker and Bone, who hey. listen weekly and have uh. a group re- chat review of the show. How nice. Oh, that's nice. Sorry, wow. I said the F word in the mailbag. <laughs> uh, Sean Willow, um, who says the very first time they saw Wreath Witherspoon, they thought, wow, this girl has Gizmo's mouth as well. Thank you for that. <laughs> and signs off with a this means pepper. He... <laughs> Doug Citizen, who would like to have even Kirshner read his name because he likes to explore the the, the drama. (laughs) And finally, Chris can't write and wants Paul to read out Chris Fisher, It's a Scream Baby with that over-the-top Matthew Lillard Lillard cadence. (laughs) Oh, Chris Fisher, (laughs) it's a scream, baby! (laughs) Chris Fisher! (laughs) Oh, my God. Listen, the only other business we got is this kind of business. (laughs) It's none of your business. It's everybody's business. Yes. Don't stop or we'll die. And Townland, along with the 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 sloppy sloppy boys. boys, Playing at the Lodge Room in Highland Park on January 26th. Yes, Thursday night. Come on out, see the bands, have a good time. Don't Stop or Die is releasing vinyl. Yes, and your uh, Townland will be uh, selling vinyl as it's well. It's the first time we've sold it in person, even though the release has been out for a while. So we saved some. So if you're dying for some Townland vinyl or a deep cut song or a new Bond song, come mm. on out. Tell us about your vinyl release, Paul. Um, oh, oh, oh. Well, the, the vinyl we're releasing is a collection of... Uh, uh, our uh, songs that we liked from our podcast, the first 50, the best of those. But the one we're releasing on Thursday that's just going streaming is uh, uh, called Signature, Please. Wow. And it's uh, uh, some songs from our podcast. Uh, What's yeah. the story behind the title? How is it interested? Um, there, there's a, a song in there um, called... Uh, um, at the the lattice view in, and oh, I like that's a good title. Uh, and it's a, a, a there's a lyric that goes turn in the keys signature please. Oh, and we like hey we like signature good. please. That's good. Also, if it's like um you know like a band has a signature sound yeah. So it's give me that signature sound please. Oh. <laughs> in the words of Joseph Fiennes, William Shakespeare, and Shakespeare in Love, good title. Out of the words of my weatherman, Ron DeMars, who urinated next to me in the bathroom after we saw Shakespeare in Love. Nice dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What was his words? No, nice dick. I'm not going to say it. You said it. No, what was it? No, you didn't say anything. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean. No, to, no, I thought that, that was, was good. A real thing. Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything. Did I tell so you, you I once out. urinated alongside the most interesting man in the world? The Dos Equis guy? guy? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Was it big? I didn't catch a sight. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to report. I sort of missed out on that. You know, <gasps> he had dose balls. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, listen. That's the quickest and most streamlined we've ever gotten through business. I, I know, no towns. Real professionals now. Yeah. Yeah. True, true Leons. True Leons. Leon de Professional. <gasps> yeah. Uh, everyone? Everyone. When Gary Oldman's like, oh, look yeah. for everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Ever. That, that was the. 
<laughs> when when pills. I think maybe when trailers weren't um, distributed and watched so much online, and you would have the fun of like, wow, I've seen this trailer like seven times now when I've gone to the movies. So you start yeah. to have a good time with like, you know that trailer where yeah. Gary Oldman yells everyone oh, at the yeah. end. Uh, uh, I was that way with. Sebastian Bundercatches, what's his name? <laughs> Bunder Benedict Cumberbatch. When he played Julian Assange, and there was a line in the trailer that I heard everywhere, and it was, "I have information. The world needs to know." <laughs> when uh, remember that show Bones first came out? Yeah, uh, I remember America when Bones first came out. Bones so crazy. There was some commercials going on, and um, uh, the lead character Bones in the commercial, she goes, uh, "Don't call me Bones." And uh, my friend Neil Campbell, he said he, he hoped when you watched the show that the full line was, "Don't call me Bones." I haven't earned it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, I'm just... Call me flesh deep. Maybe sinew. Possible ligament. Ew, sinewy stuff. Uh, Gross word. No thank you. No spanky. It's that liquid you makes every word gross. Yeah. I had a friend in grad school because I was in a theater program Mm -hmm. and we'd study a lot of Shakespeare. You know, and there's some controversy about whether Americans should make liquid use out of the the language because British people do that typically naturally with a lot of the U words because that's just how they say it. But here, when you say, we say stupid, but he would always go around, even like when we're just talking, nothing to do with Shakespeare, go like, yeah, I saw that film. It was stupid. And it used to drive me crazy. I got a real like pet peeve against people who use unnecessary liquid use. Yeah. And um, is that like... Do you have to keep it in the Shakespeare because for the rhymes or for the uh, not no? The it was that's just like a- people saying you gotta like. Well, I mean that alone is you know Americans. You really don't do Shakespeare in a British accent, right? It doesn't really make. For one thing, they think Shakespeare's accent was even closer to to islands off this the American South. No kidding. At the time because it's evolved so much. But it's silly for us to do it. What in if he was like accent. an Appalachian mountain? <laughs> well, that, it's not far. Like I think yeah. a real like drawn out Southern, almost Foghorn Leghorn thing. Now it, I do say Romeo would have <laughs> fallen in love with a Julia. <laughs> <laughs> to be, I say to be, I do not. Now I'm cutting, boy, but you ain't bleeding. <laughs> but he, this guy, who also I shouldn't tell a tale out of school, but we had very similar name. And, and I mean, first and last, we were roommates and he, he used to, to hack into my computer and telephone. No. Yeah. And he would always dress to the nines. Ma- like Mark a, Ghibli? You're not far off, but even closer. He would wear spats and tuxedos to school and speak with liquid use. Oh. And then faked a serious life-threatening illness to not get kicked out of grad school. Oh. It was one of those like... If hey. this were a more well-to-do person or well-known person, there'd be a Vanity Fair article about them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 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 well, I do think somebody who has an affectation of a fake accent, that's its own deception. Oh, speaking of that, sorry. So, when we went, we were all, well, a number of us went yeah. to England and Scotland to do the worst play I've ever done in my life. And he <laughs> That's split, not the title. No, but it should have been. It would have been less false advertising. Uh, he split off 
and we caught caught him. I said we ran into him at the post office, and he went up to the counter. He didn't see us, and he was speaking with a British accent. Mm-hmm. That's a sociopath, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and an actor. It's like yeah, but no, no. But first. I'm saying like yeah. that's why he got into acting. Yes. Yeah. There's some people get in for one reason that he got into is like, I can lie. Yeah. I should <laughs> dig more into him because he, he also like kind of had money somehow. We're all like starving in grad school. And he, he was always in a tux and drove like a, a BMW a Z3, those little convertibles. So, did this guy ever, does he have an IMDB or anything? Yeah, probably. Okay. Nothing major because he went on to teach at the college level, but then kind of got run out of a lot of schools for, I think maybe dating students. Okay. Another now, that's, vanity that's, fair That's with article. an asterisk. I'm not sure. I don't want to defame unless I personally, <laughs> like there's plenty of things I could. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I really dug into the gossip on this no, one. No, I loved it. Um, I'm trying to think of the, um, cause I feel like every play, every theater department has like the one person who gets to be the container of like, if not more. This guy's the biggest weirdo. Yeah. We Which might be weird, something. but this guy is effing weird. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. I, I love those. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And okay. the um, um, the teacher who dates the student, it's already like, uh, you know, if there's a big substantial age gap. Yeah. 25-year-old dating somebody in their late 50s, there's already a little bit like, what do you get out of that? Right, right. Having that wisdom or experience over somebody. But then when it's a teacher, yeah. it's like, I was literally, you were subservient. Like I and had. Then a teacher in a bow tie and waistcoat. Oh, and spats. Put- <laughs> and they were always like at least 10 years behind the fashion times. Oh, oh tragic. <laughs> That's the saddest part. Now I just feel sorry for him. You know what I, I don't like, and as long as we're talking about uh, dress dressing well, fashion. Um, it's not my thing to dress well, yeah. to dress uh, like, um, but there are some guys who are like, that's my thing. I right. love getting a suit and wearing a suit. Right. And that's fine. I oh, don't, Roger Stone, for instance. Yes. <laughs> I don't poo-poo them. But I feel like the suit wearers do poo-poo the non-suit wearers. So I'm like, what are you getting on us for? We yeah. don't, you can wear your fucking yeah. suit and top hat if you need to, loser. You're the outsider. But then when the suit wearers are like, oh my God, can do people do? Can we go to the movies without jeans hanging off our asses? Okay, let's just yeah. live our own lives here. <laughs> What an imaginary uh, I it's conflict movies, I've come up with in my brain. Movies and not church or a golf country club. I movies, say, movies. I have to watch. I have to watch Trolls Two through a monocle, <laughs> one monocle, and so should you. I guess church would probably be the big thing of like. Well, I guess we're wearing denim now. Yes, right? but then there's this revolution, especially in evangelical churches, the kind that I had experiences with, where there was a pride in. We're the new church. We dress, oh, and it was break out the denim, yeah, basically. And it was a lot of it coming out of beach culture of Southern California, so Huntington Beach. So there was like a surf culture and skate culture combined with it of like we can be cool and Christian. Well, but when in fact that's impossible. Matt, this is a perfect dovetail for our movie because yes. when I was watching My Bloody Valentine, 
I was just getting hit with a lot of like, I recognize that. I feel that I've known, I've seen this people, I've seen these dynamics yeah. and it made me realize Canada, rural Canada is so much closer to my experience growing up in Iowa mm. than anything that comes close to the coastal cities yeah, or any coastal town. So when I was like, and what I thought about it in particular was the way the adults assume kids are up to no good <laughs> and they're looking for when the kids are up to no good and the kids are up to no good and they're trying <laughs> to figure out ways to be up to no good. And I was like, this is very different than the vibes I've picked up in California since moving here. Parents are like, I'm generalizing, but it's like, yeah, kids might be up to something. Kids get up to something. They'll figure it out. And the kids are like, yeah, my parents, they let me do it. It's fine. That's true. As so it's who, such a crazy... But yeah. it's a weird... There's a second dynamic to that. As someone who grew up here, mm -hmm. seeing that in all the movies, thinking this must be what it was like, and continually being afraid to go out into the world, but never really being met with any of that. What? Oh, 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 with the like parent who's like, now, now, now. Well, no. Um, oh, never no, meeting we, the person who's like the groovy parent. no. Like seeing in the movies all these teens that are up to no good and parents that are mean, mm -hmm. but not experiencing it firsthand, but right. thinking like once I start going out into the world as a teenager and partying and all this stuff, that's what I'm going to meet for sure. Yeah. And never, ever really experiencing that, but still somehow being afraid of it. I know. Me too. It's funny that it's like I was watching movies at the time where those People my age were up to no good. Yeah. But I wasn't doing it because I was watching the movie about it. <laughs> In a way, it's a win-win. <laughs> I mean, we'd rascal it up and find ways to do sure, little shits sure. and stuff. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. But, uh, um, but yeah, like um, this is like an extreme version, but I feel closer to that moment of when they're in the junkyard and they have the hood up and... They're passing a joint, talking about how they're getting the munchies while they're cooking the meat on the thing. And yeah. it's cold outside. You see people just like huddled up being like yeah. talking, but like passing a joint. Like when I go back to Iowa in the wintertime, it's guys with beards shivering outside, passing joints to each really? other. It's like, it's awesome. I uh, love it. It's that, just, that was, uh, yeah, I can imagine it, but I have no no firsthand experience of something like that. It's a really, not just the, 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 the cannabis of it all, but just the, yeah. like it is, it's kind of own really makes teenage getting up to shit kind of feel more exciting. Cause it's cold. It's like, no adults are going to come out here. Yeah. I don't want to like be out here. It's so cold. So yeah. you just have your own little nighttime universe. It's very special. Yeah. Uh, well, if you haven't already guessed, we're talking about My Bloody Valentine. Yes. This is the third of the holiday movies and also the third to be pun or like figure of speech based. Yeah. Black Christmas versus White Christmas. New Year's Eve versus New Year's Evil. And My Funny Valentine versus My Bloody Valentine. But we're going to lose it from here on out. Yeah. April Fool's Day is just straight up. Is the thing. Same with Leprechaun. Yeah. Just and I know that's, um, maybe it was early on the show, that just um, nowadays titles, particularly like comedies and stuff, are just the thing. Yeah. It doesn't have this kind of like play on words or poetry to it. So Bad moms. Yes. Yeah. It's like, you see what you get. Office party. But like, I mean, one of my favorite titles is uh, Terms of Endearment because it's mm. like- 
My favorite types of titles are phrases that get tossed around, coins a phrase. Yeah. And then when it's extracted and put in a title, it becomes something else. So terms of endearment is like mommy, daddy, you know, but it could also mean like these are the terms. Oh. Of how we... I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid, and and I was probably too young to put the double meaning together. Um, Yeah, what are some other ones like that? uh, That's it. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only one. No, like to live and die in LA or something like to live and die is like its own thing, and then to squeeze in kind of like a weird, like bit of... I call it poetry. Yeah. But even like a title like Ricochet... Right. Just sounds cool. And like, yeah, I know the plot is basically like, what if you had the table turned on you? So it's enough of a ricochet that it makes sense. But, or yeah, anything you do could come back. And what are your favorite titles? Oh, geez, man. Well, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is pretty great. Yeah. Um, but that's a kind of what I'm getting at. That's just like a, oh, those are the words they use for all those things. But when you kind of put it together, it sounds like a little, Poem. It sounds yeah. Well, because it was yeah. It's from a child's nursery rhyme. Tinker, tailor, soldier, sailor, ah. rich man, poor man, beggar man, thief. But the carré added spy in there. Neat. That's cool. But then, well, the Bond. There's a lot of good Bond yeah. titles. Like he Fleming did that a lot, where he would switch common phrases like "live and let live" to "live and let die," or yeah. "you only live once, you only live twice." Do people just think puns are not? Um, Plays on words are just for idiot. Like they don't We've see it as. We talked about this, yeah. and we talked about it on mic that both you and I are tired of this pun, uh, like condescension against puns. Yeah, we're we're pro pun. Yeah, and also I'm pro bad pun. Yeah, like when somebody's like, oh, I'm like, you want a pun that makes you jump up at like you like right. the queasiness of a weird, but like people, it's like people <laughs> don't understand that a pun has always been. An ironic joke. Like, yes. That's the point like, it, of it. it. People being shitty on puns is to basically be like, I hate frivolity yeah. and playfulness in yeah. this world. Oh, yeah. I don't want you to take me down a path and then suddenly twist that path and I don't know where I'm going, but only I'm happier where I ended up than when I thought I was going. <laughs> we may have talked about this. I don't know if it was on mic because the other thing, the other yeah. contention I take is when the new popular phrase of you do a pun and someone will go <laughs> dad joke, which saying dad joke is the ultimate dad joke. So knock oh, it off. Of course good. it's a dad you joke. My, we know it's a dad yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let it go because now you're just, you're just piping up what other people have said. Retire well, mm-hmm. the dad joke line. I agree. And, uh, I think, uh, the, 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 yeah, the, um, only dad, it, it doesn't have to be joke. puns. Yeah. Right. Everybody thinks a pun is a dad joke. A dad joke is a pun. Right. No. Not true. Dad jokes could be, and they're awesome, so don't ever use it as a pejorative. It could be somebody comes up to use the phone and you go, that's going to cost 50 cents. Yeah. That's a dad Yes. Yes. It's not this sort of like, uh, 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 one in the hand is worth two in the tush. Okay, dad joke. (laughs) Okay. If that's a dad joke, adopt me. (laughs) I guess dad jokes, I think of them as like dirty jokes I don't understand. Like when I was a kid, I'd hear yes. dad jokes and it'd be like, and then she came up and said, my mouth is full. I'm like, ha, yeah, rubber she, balls of liquor. Her marbles, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what were you going to say? Rubber balls and liquor. 
That is one I never, yeah, the only, never yeah. like I got the wordplay. Yeah. That was, that was one of the first, I think times in the schoolyard where I was like, I didn't want to be a joke poo pooer. And I didn't, I went along with yeah. it, but I, in my heart, I wanted to go, I know I get the joke there, but the expense of, wait, she has balls. Yes. Is, we need to talk about that. And I don't mean that in a, like, I'm worried about the gender politics of this thing. I just, I'm just, Curious why you haven't set that up. Your joke's not uh, done yet. The way something <laughs> is structured, uh, <laughs> it was on my mind last night. I read um, uh, the Goldilocks and Three Bears uh, to Mary. And as I was reading it to her, and I was like, the papa came in and he said, she slept in my bed. The mama slept. I had a flash of when I was a kid, I would always go in my mind, be like, why can't they see Goldilocks right now? Yeah. They're point of view is going from like locked papa's bed yeah empty moving to papa's bed empty <laughs> my field of view is now going like you walk into a room <laughs> you automatically see a human yeah uh so that bothered me as a kid uh -huh. but i think probably most kids when you hear the goldilocks the first time you're like what the fuck why are they seeing goldilocks right now yeah did did <laughs> Mary bring that up at all or is she uh no or did you bring she, it up to her no uh but she did I'll recall it later okay. ask a question that was like oh yes this is like it wasn't this but it was kind of like how can somebody be named genie and also be a genie <laughs> like one of those like <laughs> yeah oh right yeah I've been having some of these moments too with Glenn we watched Sleeping Beauty and there's Long, for a while now been a quite a backlash on Sleeping Beauty because she doesn't have any agency and it's barely about her and the prince wakes her and the prince hmm. fights Maleficent when it's a dragon. A non-consensual. Yes. That, her, I mean, yeah, yeah. I know, definitely I know. some I'm just merit saying that's there. The, yeah, yeah. But that, you watch that movie again, you're like, this is not a, first of all, Sleeping Beauty, yeah, she doesn't have the agency. Mm. But really neither does the prince. It's those three godmothers that are pulling all the strings yes, yes this is their movie yes it's not about the prince having more agency over the sleeping beauty it's just a story about these three god, i mean god women all those disney the movies they're, they're outside of bambi i think the characters they're least interested in are usually the protagonists yeah because they're they are kind of boring but literally like i watched cinderella and i was like are we gonna see cinderella at some point or just some mice doing <laughs> chores <laughs> but these godmothers, flora fauna and meriwether they're like <clears throat> handling everything in the fight in the end oh so they do have agency so it's just like they do yeah for yeah, sure. yeah yeah and the prince and the and sleeping beauty don't but i'll tell you what the best background art in any animated film i've ever seen sleeping beauty oh, i know it's so it's good. pretty gorgeous there's an exhibit at the huntington library right now Ooh. about french uh art and architecture and how disney drew inspiration from it so there's a, a bunch of original disney art from sleeping beauty cinderella beauty mm. and the beast it's really good yeah when we went to visit um mgm studios at walt disney world when it came out yeah um, they had this thing and I read about it later, uh, about the animators experiences doing this, but they just had a glass kind of like fish tank and you could watch people, um, drawing and oh, illustrating. Yeah. 
And when I was a kid, all I wanted was one of those big draft boards oh, yeah. and have multiple papers where I'm drawing and seeing the person change and I stuff. I had one of those. Oh my God. My cousin had one and it lit up and I thought it was like oh, a gift from the heavens. Yeah. But um, the story my parents told was like, Polly, we had to pull you out of there. You didn't even want to go on other rides. You just wanted to stay there because it was fascinating yeah. to be like and now if i was one of those animators i would probably hate it because <laughs> you can't like yeah, it's like i wish i could butt. smoke a cigarette or yeah. something and now i gotta like constantly be like i'm all yeah. my families <laughs> forgive me i've probably told this too but i got to go to the disney animation studios and my theater teacher took me when i was in high school because his former student was joe ranft who was one of the famous uh -huh. animators and Pixar guy. He was the uh -huh. voice of the I'm like the inchworm in a bug's life, but he oh. was an artist there. Cool. And I got to go when they were working on Sleeping Beauty and I saw all the Sleeping art. Beauty? I mean, sorry. <laughs> That's how old I am. <laughs> beauty and the Beast. Oh, oh, wow. I knew there was a beauty in there. Uh, and I saw all the artwork for Beauty and the Beast and the, the wolves chasing her and this was yeah. before it came out and right after Little Mermaid and it was such a dream because this is when That's I a special full on movie wanted too. to be a Disney animator. Yeah. That's all I wanted to do. And it was so special. And then he was and not long after that died in a car accident, Joe Ramft. Oh, really? Yeah. Sad. I think that's so cool. I, yeah. When somebody's like, um, has a cool job that they know kids like and they bring a kid yeah. to see it as yeah. like a pretty special gift. You can yeah. give a little take. Just like coal mining. Yeah, uh, I love the coal mining uh, makeup in this from the from the coal miners that brought you Superman three. <laughs> that end coal mining when they have the dark face and it's yeah. like Richard Pryor crashes <laughs> or when Superman cracks the coal and makes it a diamond. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk. Uh, I was hoping some of those coal miners from Superman three were oh, bopping around there. Um, yeah, coal mining. You know, I'm watching this movie and I'm going, God, that looks like a sucky job. And then I was like, oh, right. This is the job they use for a sucky job. Right. It's either ditch digger or coal miter. So there has yeah. to be a reason. I, I frankly, Matt, I have such a about going down into one of the mm. that if I won't even say it, that if I was uh, an actor in Canada. And I booked this role. Could and like, we're going to be shooting like two weeks down. I'd be 2000 like, feet below. I'd be like, I don't, this isn't important enough for you me. You couldn't do it. Cause you won't even watch the descent for these reasons. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The idea of like having, it, it's so beyond the physical. It is entirely wrapped up in the psychological sure, that sure, in my life, I hate the idea of being constricted and forced to do something. And so when it, is manifested physically. Yeah. Cuckoo. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, the idea, and also it looks so cold down there. I know. And it, from uh, Brantley Palmer's notes, it Thank just sounds Brantley. like it was a very difficult shoot. Um, but. Uh, well, for one thing, they, this is in his notes that they couldn't bring typical film lighting down there because a spark could ignite methane down there which is like already a plot device in the movie yes so they had to have these 25 watt dim lights and then use a special kind of film stock and fast lenses and even that they had to the turnaround on it was so slow they couldn't watch dailies till a week later so they were often shooting blind for this movie. yeah because they would have to send it to new york because it was the only place that could stop it up 
one to make it brighter without yeah. blowing the film you filmed. So yeah, like uh, there was some rumor that they maybe used the Barry Lyndon lenses from the yeah, yeah to yeah. be able to be so open that it could take such little light. But yeah, there was. I, I mean, when I first watched this, I watched it on video, and I remember it being really muddy. Like, I loved it, but I just remember thinking, like, ooh, this is dark. And the only time watching it now where I was like, I still can't see what's exactly going on was the screw and the couple's back at the end. That oh, shot yeah. was just so, like, I think part, part of that is because that was one of the scenes that was completely cut for the MPAA re-rating. When they turned yeah. it in... There was something, well, I think there was nine minutes of extra footage, but the director has since said that six of that was just like exposition and stuff that could be cut. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at three plus minutes of extra gore that wasn't in the version that you and I saw. And usually when a movie has gore cut out, it's like 10, 12 extra seconds. Yeah. The fact that this is three. Now, this is the headline for me. This was the first time I saw, this was maybe the third or fourth time I've seen this movie. This was the first time with the, that was uncut. The one we watched on Plex, yeah, was the uncut version. But how could it be? Because I read in the that the uncut version, I think in the uncut version, un-uncut, the one that was like had extra stuff that wasn't even in the uncut was maybe that screw goes into their back yeah. while they're doing it. And this one, you just see. I mean, oh, I can't believe like there were plot points I don't remember that I was like, oh, right. that happened, but. When I'd see something new that was gory, I was like, I've never seen that. I know. So like the beginning when um, they're, she, the woman at the beginning opens up her thing and has the bra with a heart tattoo and then he pushes her on yeah. the spike and it comes out through the chest. As soon as that spike came out through the chest, I was like, I haven't seen this. Oh, version. it must be because I noticed the runtime is an hour 30, but on Plex it was one thirty three. Yes. Okay. That's good because I was going to say the gore and kills in this film are maybe – the most consistently good of virtually any slasher film I, I can think of. They're really, really All great. of them. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. Wow. They're on the level of like um, the first Friday the 13th, the part four, Friday the 13th, part four. Yeah. Um, like, and then um, it was I, the movie that the guy who made part Friday the 13th, part four. Um, damn. The, the kills are just like a... A little more like vicious I and brutal. Top notch. And because the cinematography is like darker, yeah. it just has a like a more sinister element to it than other. I mean, I love the kills in this. I would say the best stuff about this movie, the atmosphere is yeah. like so awesome. Yeah. The um the kills uh like are so Gory, but even before I saw the uncut version, I just liked the kills, and then um, the like a uh, 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 um. What am I trying to say? Like the world or something? I, like oh uh, yeah yeah, just the the. Well, now let me pause. <laughs> that was such a long pause. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Garfield. These I are some the long world, pauses. Yeah. I was going into this thinking, how is a slasher film set in a coal mining environment going to be really interesting? And by the end, yeah, yeah. it is. It oh, is. I remember. Yes. It's the backstory. This is the best oh, yeah. 
slasher backstory for me. I love it that it's like out of all of them reaches the most of legend, the yes. way it's like told. And then the fact that they in most slasher movies or movies or whatever, the guy who's killing the teenagers, it's subtext that it's like they're having fun. He's not. He's killing them when they have fun to be like, you shouldn't. I don't get to have sex, so you shouldn't either. Kill, yeah. kill, kill. This like it is text. They had a party yeah. when he was dying. So it's like, don't throw another party. And if you do, I'll kill you. Yeah. Like, that's a great setup. It is. I wish the ending twist had more impact. I think that was my only sort of thing that brought this movie down was just, okay, it's just a kid that its father was killed by the killer and is a copycat. I wanted something more there. And I love how the, yes, I agree. The The explanation of why he became, it's like, well, it's just because it's not, the reason I think he would, uh, the better explanation for why this guy is pretending to be this guy is because he's heartbroken. Yeah. And he's doing this as all a way to really kind of fuck with TJ and Sarah. Right. So when the explanation was like, no, his dad was killed. I was like, I don't even, Freud would have a hard time being like, so wait, because <laughs> his dad was killed by that guy. He wants to be that. Like, yeah, it, it's too many. And even if you want to do that, you need more of more than a 20 second flashback. If even that to explain it. And it's not TJ doesn't necessarily get it. He just goes, no, why? We, and just the, we the, do. I like it did seem like they were kind of like, OK, this sucks. Let's just put our heads down, get through it real quick. We'll just say that he saw the guy, his dad get the heart taken out of him. Uh, yeah, I think the kind of squishiness, even though that ending ending is really creepy. was like, ah, oh, yeah. he's running off. Uh if I had to guess why my bloody Valentine wasn't a bigger hit, I think it's that the acting, the, the ending doesn't have as big of a boom. Yeah. Like other slashers. That it's you, like he's you, a like goblin running. Yeah. yeah. You, you run out there kind of going like, oh, not like, Oh shit, you got to see this movie. And then, um, I love the acting in this, but I think just an American audience, as soon as you sit down and people are like, Hey, sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a hot one this Saturday. Yeah. Especially it, TJ is that real Nova Scotian or whatever that's from. That's like, I ain't it's not just it. in his stories. It's like, he's talking like this. <laughs> oh, the best was when they had their little, the romance scene where they go out to the body of yeah, water. Yeah. And you know, if Canadian actors are in a movie, you know, they might say sorry and you're just going to like, know. whatever. It's cute. <laughs> says it over and over. In this, the last line, I wrote it down. He's like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so very sorry. He's like, oh, which God, I also was thinking. You said it twice. I know. I was thinking too. Oh, no, they're near water. Is he going to end with, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Won't you go with me in a boat? It's a boat over there. It's a boat 50 yards away. <laughs> Uh, I and but that said, Canadian accent, Canadian. I don't care. No, I love the actors. We've shit talked Canadian films post nine eleven. Something, something happened to nine. Well, the real thing that they got from us is they stole great Canadian horror. That's what we lost in nine eleven. Mm. Because prior to nine eleven, Terror Train. All the Cronenberg stuff. Yeah, this mm -hmm. Canadian horror is top notch. Yeah. Post 9 11, 
it's just that sci-fi networkization of everything. Uh, All the union moving up there, everything looks kind of cheap. Well, you know, I it doesn't really have anything to do. No, with I, I the, the um, you know, that I've mentioned this on the podcast before. The SCTV people are like the reason why. You can be Black, Black funny. Christmas, sorry. What's yeah. that? Black Christmas. <laughs> Black Christmas. <laughs> well, I'm putting that in that list of all the amazing Canadian. Oh yes, exactly. Pre tooth, pre millennial. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that uh, uh. Oh darn! I forgot what I was going to say. But uh, 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 the SCTV. Oh yeah, that um, the reason there's comedians from Canada is they're like, it's how I felt growing up. I was like, oh, there's just more straight men around. People are just, <laughs> and so I think like, I wonder too, with the Canadian horror, it's like, yeah, the, um, the surface is more like when I'm watching the brood and I'm seeing this great sort of like Canadian architecture and clothes and fashions. And then this kind of angry brood of children comes out of that. That's way more than like, yeah. An American movie where it's like New York. Yeah, from the very beginning, these people are hard. And you're like, yes. oh, and then the brood showed up? Okay. Whatever. Oh, you're so right. And when you've got that kind of almost innocent Genteel. tender surface to pop through, it's so much scarier. And this is what I love about these early slashers is where the characters don't have to be cynical. They can be wholesome. So when that cop or the guy who's like <laughs> You literally have like a main character who's so uh, 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 an older character who's so wholesome. He goes, "I love Christmas candy, but I like Valentine's <laughs> Day candy even more." <laughs> even the like, the, the fact is, even a bunch of coal miners who you would think as being the hardest, most cynical, vulgar, and they they're trying to make them that way. But it's they're all sweethearts. It's eighty one Canadians, nineteen eighty one Canadians. Well, and, and they look like. like fucking American hipsters. Yeah. I mean, anybody yeah. from fashion in the early 80s is just like, oh, everybody's trying to dress like their parents or something. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, when the um, they're, uh, when they show up, they leave work and then they show up at that hall and all their girlfriends are there. If you ever want to make a guy in a movie lovable, just have him share a scene where the girl he's in a relationship loves him too. As soon as they yes. showed up and they were all excited for I each other, know. I'm like, I love these people. I want them to be in love. Yeah. Uh, and then on the same tip as like people can be nice in these movies and then it makes it sadder when they die. I noticed that even was true in the sex scenes. When they go down in that coal mine to have the sex scene, most post, let's say Friday 13th part three slashers are like, the people who are having sex are like, eh, why don't you put some pickles up there too? And <laughs> like, it's just like, and then let's light these uh, sandal, these candles for Satan. <laughs> it's just they make it so kill that cat and fuck me with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in my bloody Valentine, it it's executed in the way it should be, the most effective way, which yeah. is these people go off. And they're having like loving, gentle sex because yeah, that it's way more horrible that they got killed. I know. Like the one guy is just like, oh wait, I've got to get a condom out. Do oh, that guy was so, so. The guy was like pulling out the condom, and then later, he was the big red-haired guy, right? Because yeah. when the he's talking to the police officer about what happened to his girlfriend, he just has this huge bucket of snot in his oh. nostril, just like because he's crying. Yeah, uh, I know everybody. One thing I like about this that you don't get as much in slashers is when someone's partner's murdered, they're horrified, but they're rarely like sad for the loss. And how 
that one girl didn't want to leave Hollis behind. Yes. And she just kept, she was in total despair of literally saying like, we can't just leave him behind. He's yes. dead. And, and same thing with that, that guy with the shower mouth girl. Shower mouth girl. Yeah, he was he really comes back out upset. and he's just like so sad to have lost her. And, and when he, that, his reaction to the shower face was incredible yeah. because, um, it wasn't horror. It was more him being like, what am I looking yeah. at right now? Yeah. Is this even really happening? And the idea that he was like mystified by it, it was made it scarier. Which you would be. You would be, yeah. you, you, you would, your brain would first try to make sense of it through some other way. If you saw yeah. your girlfriend with a nozzle through her mouth. And I guess in the uncut version, there was blood water spurting out. Damn, but that was already way more vicious than the yeah. un than the cut version I saw. I'll bet. Yeah. Um, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, um, are you a fan of the band My Bloody Valentine? I don't know them that well. I'm aware of them. But I, think, I, I mean, it came from the movie. Yeah. Because the title was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so the band decided to name But I, before I saw the movie, I knew... You know, I got them from my BMG Music Club. I owned Oh yeah. <clears throat> Loveless and I would listen to my bloody Valentine and feel things. I'll tell you what band I'm a big fan of. Who? Whatever band sings the ballad of Harry Warden. Now can you end. tell me what I saw when I walked in today? You came in and I had that up and I was learning it on guitar because I'll be damned if that is not the perfect townland cover and i <gasps> vow for us sometime oh, to please. perform that song it's such a good song please. what a great way to end that movie there's i read up a bit about it too that no one has like a vi there's never been a release of it love it love that shit oh it's such a good little like yeah and then well it's cool because like I, you know that guy's story is like the legend and so the fact yeah. that it has this like in a folk song to sing about the legend of the killer yeah but it would like, have been written because there's someone had done a massacre 20 years ago right some some folk song even in this modern time folk singer would have written the, one of these murder ballads yes so yes appropriate yes. i love it yeah yeah love that song um it's really good and all the um music like it is funny what it was like now i know these guys in the locker room are talking with canadian accents don't worry it's not a canadian movie when they drive from the work to the thing there's some fiddles playing. It's like, oh. but that country was hugely popular up in Eastern Canada. Oh, so that's it. Yeah, but yeah. I think it plays both ways because this is also 81, which is right on the tails of smoking the bandit and Hooper mm -hmm. and the country music boom, especially with that kind of pedal steel yes. and, it's, and the way they're using kind of like fast cars. There's a scene in Hooper where they go from work to the, Oh, it is so funny when you watch a movie that has nothing to do with car chases, but they were popular enough yeah. that like when the person goes down to get bread, it's like, yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen, Hooper, I have seen Hooper. Yeah. The, the scene where they go, I think it's when they're going from the film set to the Palomino bar or whatever. But this group of friends are all driving along PCH, damn drunk as shit. But that's not an issue, right? Doing going like doing reverse peelets and then driving in reverse and jumping from truck to truck. And it's just all a bunch of stuntmen who are having the time in the prime of their lives, yes. doing stunts for fun. Stunts for fun, not for cash. Stunts for Just fun. Just for fun. Um, well, and then when you were saying that this is 81, it reminded me of a, a detail I shared on the mailbag. But when that Paramount logo comes up, 
and this movie came out in 81, that's the same 1981 Paramount logo of Friday 13th Part 2 and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And let's let's go one step further with this. If you think about it, because they give us the dates, this thing th- starts on Thursday the 12th, which means it's Friday the 13th, 1981, in this movie. So when all this is happening, the same shit is going on in Friday the 13th, Part two. No, it's not because oh, it's, it's five right. years later. God damn it. It's like 79 to 84. So apparently. But in a real life, yeah. Brantley sent us the notes that they started filming this in um, September, September 1980. 15. And Friday 13th came out in May 1980. So I did, I was like, they are fully big gore. Is box office boffo, and then it seems like yeah, when the MPAA came along, oh yeah, what did uh, they say? Jack Valenti said this insane yeah. thing. What is it? Do you remember? I'll bring it up. Uh, it was like you tell those Canadians they keep their their horror movies out of our country or something. Like that porno like, movies out of yeah, our, yeah. What is it? Um, but uh, if I was that filmmaker, having watched the uncut version, I would be so devastated yeah. by what was cut out because. Uh, I've not, I, other people have said this, but it's the equivalent of if you made a comedy <laughs> and you, you do like three minutes of setup and then you kind of cut the punchline out. You're like, Oh, I not really pay off. Yeah. Well, one thing is that they asked them to cut out. They still needed to cut out six frames of the ax going into the back of happy. And the filmmakers had to explain that there weren't any more frames to cut out. It was just the sound of the scene that was making them react that way. And they agreed. And then uh, what's the detail about yeah. they had a strike prints by the end of January. The movie had to be done by January, even though they started filming in September, so they could strike enough prints to be out by February 11th. It's yes. like, that's why we're making this movie for this date. <laughs> the director called it the deer hunter of horror films. <laughs> Where's the Jack Valenti? Oh, quote? so so going back to the, uh, oh yeah, the Jack Valenti thing. Um, but uh, the deer hunter of horror films. Here it is. Tell those yeah. Canadians to take their movie and go home. This is an X-rated film. This is an X-rated those film. Canadians. With Morley and Rust. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. With I think the thing that makes my bloody Valentine the most special, though, is that little love triangle that's at the heart of this movie. Yeah. 
and I don't know, I'm a dummy. It took me a while to go like, oh, they're doing this because it's a Valentine's Day horror movie. So you got to have a love story at that. That just, it, yeah, I guess I didn't put that together either. Um, but it made me go like, I'm, so I know that there was a reason, oh, it's a Valentine's Day movie. They're putting in a love story, but it made me realize like that is a really good dynamic to have in a horror movie. Yeah. Cause you're, cause you're like, you continually suspecting. Yeah. And, yeah. and the idea of, you know, anytime you watch a romance movie, the idea that one, one person's going to maybe, or definitely fall out and not get to be in love with the person. Yeah. It's just, with a horror movie. It's that plus that person could get killed. And, uh, and then also just that moment of like the two guys, I mean, it doesn't feel like a slasher. It almost feels like a plot from like a Western or something yeah, where it's like, yeah. you love this girl. I love this girl. She loves her, her a little bit more than me, but we got to go rescue her from those Indians. Like it was, yeah. but the fact that it became that I loved it because I was just like, oh, it's characters tj's a complicated person sarah's complicated the other guys axel but um it did make me go like a uh yeah i'm just surprised more especially well, with teenagers but you're so right teenagers about fall how, in love how that sort of weakens the twist because you're expecting mm. this to be more of a meal when you get there now if we flashed back and saw that harry warden killed his dad because his mom had married his dad but used to love harry warden or something like yeah that. i like think his dad could uh, love triangle from the first story yeah 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 you yeah know? like he's the product of one side of that love triangle or something i don't know yeah if he found out that he was um a a, a, a bastard who had been adopted and That's found better. out that his real father was Harry. Yeah. So it's like, so by him doing that, he's checking off, ooh, I get to kill people who are bad at love or whatever. And then also I get to, <laughs> I get to check off uh, the box of like, I, I want to be my dad. You're bad at love. <laughs> you party. Also, I love that his um, rules for parties, it's kind of like, wait, so is gathering at the bar a party? Right. Because it seems like you're okay with that. So what's this town's problem? I just kind of like, guys, you need this party that bad? Just go to the bar to hang out. Yeah, yeah. why is Happy getting killed, the bartender? Oh, that I bartender is he, awesome. He's huh? telling the truth. Yeah. yeah. Um, when this movie started, I have to admit, so like it begins with two miners down in a mine and then one reveals it's a woman and mm -hmm. they're about to get it on. And I was just like, this is a Don't you hate it when you find out a minor was a woman? <laughs> you mean E-R or O-R? O-R. Yeah. That's what this movie's saying. I'm not saying. <laughs> the movie was like, don't you hate it when you think you brought a minor down into a cave and then she's a full-grown woman? Right, my boys. <laughs> That's um, I was just, and then, it, you know, we get into the teens. I was kind of like, this is, this really is a strange concept for a film. This feels like did they just were they given this mining this closed down mine mm. to film and then they built a movie around it but then no i was really won over by it yeah that opening is like it has those kind of like dreamy dissolves too yeah. like when they're cutting between things it's not cutting it's so it makes it but it's weird too to think that axel he's down there with this yeah. woman and he's 
I guess he's just about to start his Valentine's Day massacre, but it just felt weird and prurient. And then you see written the story by Stephen Miller. And all I could think of is Trump's Stephen Miller. <laughs> I was just, oh yeah. Okay. This, this feels right. That's but funny. Then, Cause um, he's the funny thing of um, when we talk about how do parents raise their kids in different ge- geographies and the impact it has when they grow up. Well, that guy should have been the hippiest of the hippies. He grew up in SoCal, but he just happened to grow up during uh, Stephen Miller. Oh, yeah. Yes. He's like a SoCal. Yeah, Santa Monica kid, right? Yeah. So, But he just happened to be, when most kids were getting in Nirvana, he was listening to like Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, so as a like, musician, which is even worse. He's great, though. He's Rush Limbaugh, whales Sang on the on stage with that golden condenser mic. Um, the guy who plays Hollis is Finkelstein from Meatballs, which okay. I would love to think is a through line of the same character where Fink has all his fun at summer camp and he's like, well, time for me to settle down. I got to go work at the Mine Grow Mustache. <laughs> I think this is in the same universe as Meatballs. It uh, feels like it. Uh, I, I think that guy who plays Hollis, I think he's my favorite actor in the movie. He's good. He's really good. He's, he's like, really good in Meatballs, too. Yeah, you can tell he's talented. Like he, When they're in the parties, it at the party, I mean, everybody at that party, it just felt very real. But just him in particular, I was like, that actor's so good. It, it, he doesn't even seem like he knows there's a camera on him right now. He was just completely yeah. existing in a real parties i thought they were nailing all the party stuff so great like when people are hanging out and then the one couple kind of starts leaving early and everybody's like oh like that's very cool finkelstein died at 51 the actor the only one who didn't work for me in this movie is the funny guy because he's literally like a clown where he's just doing non-verbal like oh yes howard Oh my god! I mean, he was lovable, but when there was that argument and between, and then they left, there was the triangle argument, and then one stormed out, and then the guy was like, "Come on, everybody!" and he started like slurping the thing and putting it in his nose. I was like, "So both of your parents are alcoholics." <laughs> <laughs> it's not just one you had two the way you are very uncomfortable and they with didn't cancel it out in you <laughs> i can make mommy and daddy oh. happy it was like god i felt so bad for yeah. howard i know he was just gonzo like pure clown moves just he, he was definitely i think the uh how do you pronounce that the apotheos like Oh, apotheosis. These movies knew the clown character exists, and this is when they like went the hardest. Yeah, Yeah. I think you're right. Um, But then, this movie's a whodunit, which you don't often get in slasher movies. And the misdirect, even though I've seen this movie before, I think is really good. The idea that they're pursuing somebody who's dead. And that's why they can't get the information. That's like with the person, when they call up, they're like, we don't have record. What are you talking about? Like, it's really cool. It's a good, other than the reveal. I'm fine with that guy being the killer. Yes. I just wanted better reason. Yeah. That landed flat, but it is a fun whodunit. We were talking about whodunits mm-hmm. before this came on and how there seems to be a bit of a renaissance with whodunits and stuff. And the the modern ones haven't really landed for us. Yeah. Uh, but like the whodunit with this one, like when did you start sensing like, was it like when, um, Axel shows up a little too close to the other guy disappearing. Like there's a part where 
it's really scary when the yeah. Harry's coming down and he's like smashing oh, the things God, in the tunnels so and he's good. moving at a pace. I really wanted to see a long distance shot where you could see nothing but lights going out though. Yeah. Like in Die Hard. Yeah. Three. Three. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. The water coming through the tunnel. Yes. But that was a really, the way that was set up, like they're standing there and then they just hear something smashing down. Yeah. They're like, what is that? That's good. And then having this evil approach you yeah. was really scary. It was Interesting in that sense. I wasn't trying to figure it out because I was just like, there's no red herrings or clues to make me think it's one person more than another. So I'm not even going to try. What was I? I was watching The Pale Blue Eye. Mm. And it's the same thing where I was kind of like, oh, there's no good people to red herring you. So I'm not even going to bother trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's one that's very sweet and innocent. And then I was like, well, it can't be that obvious. I won't say what's what, but yeah, you know what? There, my bloody Valentine doesn't, I guess, have the whodunit element of like they're, that they're throwing out red herrings the whole time. That's what's kind of nice about it, yeah. though. It's like half whodunit, half slasher. Well, I think they don't do it. I guess I'm realizing because they want you to believe this is Harry. That's so if they true. were throwing out red herrings, you That's would be right. like, oh, so it might not be him. It might be somebody else. The, that choice just makes you go, it's Harry. There's no other way. It could be not him. I was pretty convinced it wasn't, that that yeah. was the twist. Yeah. I think I saw that. But that's true, and that's why they don't reveal Harry's been dead. Yes, but that, that setup of, um, or his look is so good, too. Like, oh, yeah. this seems like uh, if they had made three sequels. Well, let's it, talk about that. First of all, his look, yeah, it's on the marketing and stuff, I was kind of like, eh, he just looks like a minor. In the movie, it's scary as hell. Yeah, and it's like... If the movie had been famous, it'd be iconic. But it's like a big, I love the light and yeah. the thing, and he can shine it in people's eyes. The so breathing. Get, yeah, the breathing. And such a good setup for a sequel, even though it is like a gnome going, <laughs> you'll never get me. But it also seemed like maybe the suggestion that Harry was still alive, I, I, like hmm. maybe the authorities were wrong and Harry's down there and now him and Harry are going to start working together. Also, Harry's little backstory, like, it's not enough that he was just crushed there and, like, went crazy. He became a cannibal. Yes. That is such a fucking great second grader telling a story. And then he got trapped down in the cave. And then he was a cannibal. But I have to tell you, Paul, for a first-time watcher, when they said he was down there for how long? Six days. I thought it was longer, no? Uh, I no, thought, you'd be yeah, right. Yeah. But still, can you survive for six days without... Uh, yeah, I don't know. The, but my point was, yeah. I was like, "How did he live?" Oh, and then immediately they cut to him being a cannibal. I went, "Oh, that's how he did it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah. it's it's forty two years later now from this movie. Mm. Let's get a sequel going. Yeah, well, I saw the remake, uh, the three D My Bloody Valentine. But it's a straight up remake. It's not a sequel, right? Uh, right. It's a remake. A sequel would be good. I'm talking. Axel's back. TJ's back. Axel's TJ's back. TJ's back. Yeah. TJ looks like um like the lead singer of Super Drag. He's kind of like this cool little like Yeah, like a little Rufus Sewell mixed in. He's yeah. not the most sympathetic. I don't know. I was never drawn to him like I was never fully on his side the way then I was I with his girlfriend. Yeah, they make him complicated, but then I realize like that's part of the yeah. maneuvering is yeah. like Oh, okay. I guess he's the hero, even though, but like, uh, cause I thought 
Yeah, you know, I subscribe to the I think of like, uh, and I think you do too, of just like, I don't necessarily have to like the character yeah. as long as they're interesting. And no, so right. TJ was like interesting to me. Like, but it was funny. Like, <laughs> he's ostensibly friends with a- Axel. He goes to Sarah's workplace, takes her out, throws her in a car, and drives her to a lake. <laughs> yeah. And is like, you're with me now. And yeah. I was like, I should hate this guy, yeah. but I'm uh, just like, because he's interesting and he's. Well, I love the vagaries too, that he went out to the West Coast. So I'm assuming they mean he went out to be an actor. Do they say anything more than that? And he failed. And then this dad's like, I, my son is working in a coal mine. There's no, yeah. yeah. Because they never say this is Canada, but then if it's the West Coast, he went to Vancouver. But I think they mean he went out to Hollywood. Oh my God. And he's coming back now with a a failed, you know. And that's why he has a little bit of this. He doesn't, he knows he has to like atone. Like there's a really, there was a moment between the two of them. Sorry twice. (laughs) Yes. There was a moment between him that I was like, if I could be this guy, um, I would have been cooler in life. (laughs) (laughs) Like she's like, said something to him. She walks over and she goes like. You know, this is all because of your fault. This all happened, but it's your fault this all happened. And he's like, I never said I wasn't. It's like, that is a cool dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is basically, yeah, I know I caused harm. I'm not like, normally I would hate these people, yeah. but I like TJ. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, um, I like the, that Harry or Axel is a bit of a poet. In, in all these hearts yeah that um and so when the woman was killed in the laundrette in the laundry map solid kill very good kill the dryer shit yeah oh how many quarters God. did that person have to put in to keep that dryer <laughs> going all go. night <laughs> he's like can you break a hundred into a quarters and then when the guy says oh the smell in here <laughs> yes i imagine that like oh an cooked, old lady burnt smell cooked, cooked um, lady and that was an table. extra shot too like when she was whipping around in that Dryer, I've never seen that before. Okay. I'm like, that is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh and awesome. Um but yeah, when um he showed up to her, uh um it was a uh she she read the poem. Mm-hmm. She read it with her eyes, knew it was becoming dangerous. But the said the rest of the poem out loud. That's right. Which I think is like really <laughs> funny. She took, she took a pause, right? Like, oh my God. And uh, now I will complete the poem out loud. So as if to understand that this is real. So I loved all the rhymes they were doing. They were really funny. And then later, that bizarre part where the cop comes out and a bunch of dogs are eating a box, a heart in a box. Yeah. When he grabs it, he picks up the Valentine and he reads it. <laughs> he just reads... I told you not to throw the party. Like, what? Come on. <laughs> Party's upset. pretty easy to ride with. I'm not giving you. You do not deserve my poetry anymore. He was just in a rush. He's like, yeah. I can't figure out. I don't have my uh, rhyming dictionary with me. The poetry of a killer. This goes along with the pale blue eye. That's all. Ooh, very, is that so? Uh, a very middle of the road. Did you like okay. Hollis's um, Kiss My Donkey? Graphic ball cap. Oh, I didn't notice it that. It said kiss my it was like a picture of a donkey. Ass. Yeah, pretty good. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? Um how about now, the mumbly peg scene that predates aliens? 
The mumbly pig. The knife in hand. Oh, game. yeah. Yeah. And way more dangerous because you don't have a cyborg protecting know, your hand. Yeah. Did I ever tell you I saw like a Q&A with, um, what's his name? Who plays the- Bishop? Oh, Lance Henriksen? Yeah. Where he's like, I actually, I came up with the idea of putting my hand oh, on God. top of that. And then somebody was like, but that makes it less scary. And it's true. If he's doing this, yeah. he's protecting you. He's going to make sure. Yeah. He should be holding his wrist. And he's doing a robot. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, he should be holding his wrist to be like, right. Yeah. Instead. And then somebody pointed it out and Lance was like, I've heard that before. It's like, somebody yeah. pointed it out to him. Why did James Cameron let you do that? Yeah. It's less scary. Yeah. But yeah. When they're going, boop, 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 boop. that's a really, I mean, what a automatic suspense bringer to a scene. I know. But that's funny. You're right. It does protect him because not only that, he nicks himself and Bill Paxton's fine, but yeah. he gets a little milk bleed. Yeah. It's like, thank you for that milk bleed. Yeah. You protected me. Um, but that cop who shows up at the laundrette, don't you think he looked like Officer Jim Jordan? <laughs> yeah. You, you, of the U.S. Congress? Yeah. Great American. <laughs> oh, the best American. Um, the, I was thinking like, pretty sucky to work in a coal mine. Pretty sucky to have your ex-friend who's dating your girlfriend be your boss. Oh, I didn't notice it was a boss. When he was like. TJ, you go over here. And he was like, God, this guy's on my ass just because I'm used to doink his girlfriend. <laughs> this is a weird movie in that you meet all these people in the shower and they all have, you know, wet hair. So you can't fully identify them when they come out of the shower. Yeah. I wouldn't, when I saw that, I wouldn't want any sort of job that involves me having to shower with coworkers at the end of the workday. No, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> odd. Even by those days. I mean, students. like in high school, you never, like in gym class, no, would you? No, never. It, they didn't even carve enough time to actually have you no, do that. No, it was all a charade. They'd turn on the showers. Some guys would shower. Not me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I, it's not like I was even working out in PE. I was basically hiding. <laughs> Yeah, I remember thinking like I don't think I've sweat enough to really yeah yeah come to find we were the stinkiest people in all of high school. I'm not a big sweating person. Me either. Um, but when Don Rickles is ever on like Johnny Carson or David Letterman, he's like, "You Midwestern guys, you never sweat." <laughs> so I'm like, "Is that one?" <laughs> like, but he's oh my god, that got me. Not that I was uh, bummed out. Well, I had COVID. So uh, it did lift my spirits. I was watching Don oh, Rickles. Oh, that's great. Two hilarious things that bust me up. They were what? Now, Mr. Rickles. Anyway, please call me master. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one was like, now, Don, you fought in World War II. Uh, what did you do in the war? And you went, hid. Hid <laughs> <laughs> that face. Oh god! Uh, did best. you ever see him live? No, did I you? Saw him, yeah, <sighs> like Vegas or no? It was late. I took my buddy Jeremy for his birthday to I don't know, like Casino Morongo or Pachanga in the uh -huh. in like the valley, the desert valley there, and he was amazing. He was yeah. amazing. Still, uh, you see like a twinkle in any entertainer's eyes about Don Rickles, and I was thinking yeah. like, why do people like him so much? And I think you know anybody likes. Somebody's a little live wire yeah. taking risks is fun. But I think any entertainer has 
automatic respect for anybody who's doing something that nobody else really does. Yeah. You just to that are level. like, that is really tough yeah. to do something that nobody else is doing. So I'm sure even like Bob Dylan is like the biggest Don Rickles. I'm bag. sure. He's just like that dude carved out in an entirely, I mean, I know there's insult comics, but that's no, there's the, nothing like this. And honestly, he still feels like he's having fun. That was the thing yeah. to the end. He never, you like, you can't phone in insult comedy. It would never work. You're right. So, I know. I've thought that actually. I was like, God, it'd be tough to be maybe Don Rickles sometimes if you're like, ah, I don't want to bring it. Like, but you'd have to, you'd yeah. have to like, and then I also thought like, is it tough to be Don Rickles when you're on set and shooting a movie? Do you have to be I think you do. on, but if you like being on, he seems to like being on. I think, you, like, you like, I think like Martin Short, Don Rickles, there's a type that... There's like most 90% of people that are always on are probably become insufferable. And then there are people that somehow probably push past that too, like this yeah. master strata of just well, worldliness, like Don Rickles. Yes, you know? Don Rickles and Martin Short, like you said, like legendary. I think it, if I had to guess, it's because if those people got in the whole game to bring joy to people, then they're like, I have to so finely calibrate being yeah. on all the time because I know this could, but the whole point is bringing joy. So the fact that they've been able to like <laughs> figure out how to be yeah. on all the time and not be annoying. It's a, yeah, that's a real level. balancing act. Yeah. Um, uh, it's so sad that, um, Does Don, it, it, Don Rickles, I, I, uh, this just that he died passed away. long ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a nitpick, but, I'm no Sherlock. Mm -hmm. Don't you just kind of go around the local confectionery shops and go, anybody been buying up a bunch of Valentine's Day candy in bulk? <laughs> Did somebody come in here and buy a bunch of boxes and yes. say, could this hold a human heart? Yes. The Axel fella wearing everything but a mask. The, the detective work I questioned was when maybe the spookiest scene in the movie is when the girl's walking back late at night and it's cold and she's by herself. I was like, yeah. God, this is really freaky. And then she gets a light shine in her face. And then they do one of those fake outs where it's like, it's the cop. I was like, um, Sheriff Brackett. Yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> well, that's a weird move. Cop. I know. <laughs> you saw her down the street and go, Hey, she was like, I'm going to have some fun. Bring Same it up with Sheriff Brackett with, when he runs into Lori. Well, he thinks everybody's entitled to a good scare. Everyone. That's so, true. But, but I did think That's with the, the setup of the love triangle, if in speaking of Halloween, <laughs> it would be as if Lori had was stuck up in the house and Ben Tramer is trying oh, to like yeah. get to her with uh, the other guy who likes Lori. Right. Which shows you how kind of weird this, I mean, different this movie is like when they're by the end doing an action sequence where the guy's like running down the train track to get the guy. And they're Pretty poor action sequence because you could tell they were, probably weren't stunt doubles, so they're just it's going like three miles. Very careful, the guy can probably not even see through that mask. It ain't no Temple of Doom, my Jason. No, sir. Um, you know what? My first uh, and if people really want to get a good Indy Jones conversation, they should listen to our mailbag. Yeah, uh, but yeah. um, you know, nuke the fridge never really bothered me. Me either, because I was like, yeah, I like it. There's plenty of other moments like that. Yeah, and. Uh, the first time I ever had somebody kind of nuke the fridge me with Temple of Doom, with Indiana Jones, was Temple of Doom. I was watching at home. My sister Amy is a huge Indiana Jones fan. Oh. Uh, so I think she was saying this in a way to kind of be like, Raiders rules, Temple is not a little bit. Uh, 
But that part in the mind chase when they go off the thing yeah, and they go too. perfectly on it. She went, Ugh. I was like, what? She's like, that's a little too Batman TV show is what I, she called yeah. it. Like, which means camp, I think is what she's I saying. I agree. When I first saw it, even I as a kid was kind of like, that took me out. It's just but it's funny with Nuke the Fridge happened. I was like, ain't no mind uh, chase uh, breakup uh, yeah. landing on the other side or it's equal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the way the physics worked. Right. I know. I well, what that. do you think is more likely to happen? Could a mine car do a jump like that successfully? I think it's just a statistics thing that would be very rare that you're on the right trajectory and that all four of those wheels have to land in alignment. In a, a situation where the weights are not distributed equally. To tip. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it seems like maybe one in a 500,000. I don't know. And then nuking the fridge. I just don't think it'd go up in the air like it did. I think it yeah. would just kind of like push you really hard. I mean, if you were going to survive it, yeah, I think it would just... But the thing, the th issue there, and not to Neil deGrasse Tyson this, I get the lead, they, they show you that it's lead lined, that that's going to protect you from the radiation. But I think the blast might still melt that lead. It's not the radiation, it would be the blast, but maybe it's not that close enough. But aren't those um, houses just being evaporated? Yeah. But maybe they're not, they're, I guess they're wood, and they, even the mannequins they show kind of burn. They don't just like disintegrate. So yeah, maybe. What the hell? Yeah. Why not? Come on, Mythbusters. I mean, the gophers survived it. Yeah, they did. Cuties. Oh, on that mailbag episode, we have a real, real... Come to Jesus conversation Come to Jesus about conundrum. what's going to happen about the Paramount logo dissolving into live action when there's no Paramount Studios to involved. our horror. We won't say anything, but it's on it's the on last album. episode released this past Tuesday. So um, you can except if you're listening on the free free feed, yeah. two Tuesdays ago, you can listen to our reaction in real time, and, and see it's it. very somber. Yes. Yeah. And more on that soon, and more on maybe some Indiana Jones news. Ooh. Uh, I love it. Now the um, when the gang hatches um, the 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 scheme to throw the party in the mound, I loved somebody's defense. I think it was TJ's. Oh, it'd be great. There's a rec room and a pool table. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> also, I uh, these guys th these are the like world's best girlfriends. I know they're always like. Yeah, we'll get in a mine car. I guess these blankets will keep us warm. Yeah. <laughs> They're continually being asked to do not fun things. What's this? Why is it a white powder? I told you. That's limestone. <laughs> <laughs> the end, that's it's, a limestone room that they go into, right? Where it's all white. I that think little, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, Kansas City... In, in Missouri, me. bless you, bless you, has these really great limestone deposits, mm. but it's where the excised footage from 2001, A Space Odyssey, is stored. It's stored in Kansas right now. Because that keeps it... Because the limestone is uh, down, you know, because they kept mentioning how cold it was down there. It's like the perfect temperature to store celluloid Whoa, so it doesn't get too hot really? and deteriorate. Yeah. What but footage I, is this? I don't think I know about this. So when 2001 first came out, it had like oh, 20 yes. minutes extra footage that he cut out because we just, after the premiere, saw stuff that could get removed. And so unlike The Shining that has like that end scene that was released 
opening weekend in New York and LA. And so if you paid a ticket and saw The Shining May 1980 in New York, LA, you got to see this ending that... Wait, tab open. What's the ending? Oh, um... Have we talked about this? No. Well, uh, I don't... So after Jack uh, is all frozen in his body, and then it cuts to then the pushing in on the pictures of him being frozen in. Between the shot of him being frozen in the snow and those pictures, it cuts to a hospital, and Jack Ullman, uh, Barry... uh, Nelson. Nelson, appears at the hospital, and he goes to the room... And he talks to Shelley Duvall uh, and Danny and tells them, basically, uh, we went there, but they didn't find a body. There was no body found. Your husband's body wasn't found. And then I think he gives a ball to Danny, like the Danny, the ball that's been kind yeah. of a ghost ball. Or maybe Danny plays with it. And then it goes to the camera floating through the hotel and then landing on those I think pictures. I like that better. Well, I'm really stoked. Um, uh, Lee Unkrich, the director of Coco and Toy Story 3, is a huge Shining fan. And he's releasing this giant Tashin book. And I just listened to an interview with him. And somebody asked him, do you think that ending, because Kubrick sent a guy, or not sent a guy, somebody in America who went to this projection booth, cut out the end of The Shining, stuck them together, and then moved on with the footage, and then... Stanley Kubrick took that footage and presumably destroyed it. And the person asked Lee Unkridge, do you think it exists somewhere? And I've seen sometimes bites, people on eBay being like, I have the thing, the footage, and it's not. But like, um, he said, I don't think it exists. I think it did get destroyed because if it existed, I probably would have seen it. They come across it somehow in the research. Um, What's different, sorry, this long way of saying, no, what's different I'm, with 2001, what's different with 2001 is I think MGM Warner Brothers owns that or something. They they uh, can, now they promise the Kubrick estate that they'll never release that stuff. But I'm kind of like, I bet when the right people die. His daughter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Jan Harlan is a producing partner instead of his wife. Um then um, then that stuff might get released, but it sounds like The Shining is entirely... But that book that's Whoa. coming out is going to have color photographs of from the scene from uh, that were taken on the set. When is it coming out? Uh, February. Isn't it a huge Tashin book like yeah. this Bond one? Yeah. This, where, do, where do we... If I want to buy a bunch of Tashin books, where do we put all these? <laughs> well, this thing is so expensive because it's like one of those uh, only 12,000 made and it's like... Uh, $1,500. But that's like an investment that would pay. Yeah. Are you going to get one? I've thought I'm going to go on to Tashin and if they do some sort of installment plan, I think I might feel not guilty. You're going to go into the store? or like, No, the online, uh, yeah. go to the website and if they let me... <laughs> like yeah. the idea of putting all that money down, I feel really guilty being the father of a child like I'm i like, understand that no, but I'm like, i would too but 100 over 15 months but that's virtually guaranteed return on your investment if you think of it in terms of not a, like guilty pleasure by a nerd dad like you and me 
that's more dependable than the stock market right now. Yeah. And also in terms of joy, like yeah. I'm not a car guy. I'm not right. a tool. Like it's also there's, there's very few things that I buy. That I'm are. sorry. It's an heirloom too. I'm not trying to justify. Wait, did you say when it was coming out? February. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Don't worry. I'm very excited. It's like something like 45 pounds or something like that. I might uh, start saving up for that too. Yeah. 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 Um, and then also to, like, original scenes. And, like those are going to go so quickly. Is there a waiting list? I know. I, when I looked at it, I saw that it was, there was still some available, which made me think like, eh, maybe they're not that limited. Maybe it's Wait, is like it pre-order already? Yeah. Oh boy. Um, but they also are going to have, the script pages for scenes that were shot and not uh, included in the movie. Ooh. So like that big scrapbook he finds, that's sometimes you see it. In the book, that becomes like the totem or whatever that um, kind of makes him start going cuckoo in the, in the hotel. But in the movie, you don't ever see him find it. You just see at one point when he's on the typewriter, like an open scrapbook. Oh. That, uh, Look at the cover. I know, that cover's wild. You can barely even read The Shining, that font. It looks it looks like it is a different shape. It's vertical or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh my God. Um I want, oh. So if people want to did we do commentary for Shining, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we've never done an episode on it. Um Maybe, you know what we should do? Is if one of us gets this. And we take some time and we read it and yeah. then, then do a full episode. Yeah. Then it's a write-off. That's right. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Truly. <laughs> oh, this is disgusting. Uh, that's really fun. Oh, my God. Tash and uh, that guy, I think he used to own the body double house. Oh, really? Yeah, the little uh, UFO on the toothpick. Oh, my um, God. Now, um, wait a minute. Is what, oh, what, what did like the James Bond archives one that doesn't seem like it's appreciated? <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, they have a new one with new time. Yeah, I got they? the Bond one and the you do have the Bond mm -hmm. one. Oh, I didn't know that. How many do you have? Um, the Bond one and then, um, oh, well, here it is for $600 on eBay. Maybe there's because I think I have a first edition. Oh, and the Napoleon one. The Kubrick oh, Napoleon, unless whoa. they got that for me for a. Okay, yeah. So look, it's it's appreciated that this thing's already doubled oh, in price. Oh, the Bond one. Damn. Oh, I didn't know that Tash didn't even work that way. I I, I mean, with a limited anything, a limited a limited edition of one thousand. That's this one's gotta go. Up. Yeah, I bet you it'll be the minute it sells out, it'll probably double. I have no idea. Well, that's ridiculous. What do I know? <laughs> And then I uh, contact the Kubrick estate and I'm like, you want to buy this? <laughs> you want to buy it back? <laughs> you think you're so smart? Um, oh, man. <gasps> that bartender who goes and pulls the trick yeah. on the kids, I loved how much his own prank was cracking him up when he set up the fake Harry oh, thing. Oh, I like, know. <laughs> he does it multiple times. Then he walks away and he's like, ah, one more time. I got to get it one more time. <laughs> I love that, that he was like. Before I go home, oh, I gotta do it one more time, one more time. <laughs> I can't resist. I'm good. I. <laughs> uh, there was a point where the chief, the cop, Officer Jim Jordan, he opens up the <laughs> valentine. He's like, "Oh no, I got a valentine." He opens it up, 
and then it's chocolates and he's like Whew. but I was thinking it'd be funny if he picked up a chocolate and then there was like an eyeball uh, <laughs> um, this, the uniform scene where all the uniforms dropped from the ceiling that was brilliant awesome so that scary. whole I mean I guess there should have been someone in there that whole sequence though from where they're um, two attractive a man attractive man attractive woman going to make out yeah and then the atmosphere of those things dropping, but then that insane shot of when he lifts her up and it's almost like his point of view of as yeah. he's like yeah. moving her up and around and then sticking her on a post. Like that was wild. And the couple that gets killed with the drill. So how many can you think like that is now a trope, like the couple copulating kill <laughs> Yeah, Friday the 13th part two. Part yep, two. Yep, yep. That's weird that that's happening. Yeah, right around the same time this is being made, this movie. There's yeah. one. Is there one in Halloween later on? Yeah. Um, uh, which uh, is it? Oh, well, there's also one in Friday the, uh, the Jason Goes to Hell, where a woman's like, oh wow, on top of a guy, and that's, then the thing comes through the tent into her body. That's right. But I mean, like them getting yes. So there's at least three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I um. It makes seems to make people uneasy because if it was cut out big time from Friday Thirteenth Part Two and this, I think it's a little too like. You guys can have sex and you can have violence, yeah, but what it, are you doing putting them uh, yeah. together here? And it's th- this movie's really gory, but no nudity. Yes, and no uh, strong language. There's f bombs in there. Yeah, but I, as far as like, it, it's not one of those movies where it's like, well, it's R, so let's crank up everything. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like subdued um now what about that guy the new wave dude you know we love our slashers and we love it when a victim will be introduced in 20 seconds so you can kill them in which guy is that guy who's like he's got a skinny tie it's the guy who gets his head put in the um boiling oh yeah yeah and then put in the fridge he's wearing this skinny tie he's at the party goes Gotta get out of this town. I'm like, okay, oh, I yeah. know who this guy is. Then yeah. he goes to the kitchen, gets killed. This is new wave. I'm a new waver in a mining town. <laughs> yeah, I should yeah. be touring with New Order. What am I doing here? <laughs> if I were to just join Dexy's Midnight Runners, I might fit in. <laughs> now I did think uh if I had to choose, he he, he puts his what's the food in the pot that he gets his? It's I wasn't sure. Yeah, it's it ain't no corn of the cob like no. in Sleepaway Camp. No. That's this big movie, pot somehow reminds me of sleepaway camp, especially the no, ending reveal that <laughs> mm-hmm. there's just a weirdness to it. That seems it's way more effective than they could have imagined and somehow less intentional than they probably made it. it it's yes. out of their control, but it's way more effective that way. I think the cop is like, um, a Canadian actor who's probably in other stuff. And so he's the older guy who's in this movie. But for me, it's like Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, that it's like, there's something sinister kind of going on underneath. And also the fact that it does, it, it's unknown actors. The, yeah. It, it gives me like some feeling of like, obviously not that this really happened, but just like, it's a different experience than watching, and I love the screen movies, but it's a way different experience than watching Nev Campbell walk down a scary hallway. Absolutely. <laughs> and just the, the, those, those two final scenes of the killers are both so oddly yeah, uh, ironic yeah. and yet really effective. I don't know. Like, yeah. Unintentionally effective. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess what's nice, yeah, these early ones is just that the people are um, sincere and the 
filmmaking sincere. Um, yeah. The uh, uh, oh, the funny thing that happens in these movies I've noticed was when somebody goes uh, um, tells a legend or tells a story of like this happened in this town. This happens sometimes in Friday the Thirteenth, and then somebody goes, "Ah, that's just an old legend." Yeah, it's like I think you could look up a newspaper. Like this, this is seems, the issue yeah. I had with Force Awakens, where Jedi's had become legends, and you're like, like, "Hey, I'm living in a planet Earth where I didn't have to hear about Jedi's as much." <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me they they faded away in another universe? It's one generation in their myth. Yeah, that is a. It gets a little too um, King Arthur yeah. too quickly, huh? Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, oh, another thing that um, a, a cliche line that I've noticed pops up in these movies that I really like is when the girl and the guy are together, and the guy leaves, and then the killer is like footing around and stuff. The girl will go. <clears throat> If you're trying to scare me, yeah. you're doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Oh, I yeah. love it. <laughs> uh, anything now here at the end, my friend? Well, the death of, the, I think it's the funny guy who's hung, and that's enough of a death for this this body to come hanging down by the rope. But then you get the reactions of the people climbing the ladder. Then the head snaps off. <laughs> And then a shot of the body dropping. And then a solid shot of the head. Each time I was like, wow, man, they're bringing these. That head was so well executed. No pun intended. Or you know what? Fuck it. Pun intended. (laughs) That was excise. Mom joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because that has a payoff because the guy says. Uh, Howard, you'd lose your own head if it wasn't screwed on. Oh, I didn't. Right? And so when they cut it out in the oh, cut version, you don't get that funny, shit. funny joke. Um. Oh, you know the person? I think it's uh, not Sylvia. The other girl who's down there with Sarah. The yeah, the one that's dating Hollis. That one. Yeah, you know when there's like a disaster movie, there's always in the group. Like the one person who's like the complete chicken shit. Yeah. Like, I can't yeah. move. And yeah. everybody's like, just go up the ladder. Yeah. Think about it. Step by step. You Lambert can do it. and aliens. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, I see, you know, it's funny that that character has never and will never be the protagonist of a movie. <laughs> I know. How <laughs> fucking funny oh. would that be if a main character was like, I don't want to. <laughs> You're like, you're Nicolas Cage. You're the star of this movie. Why are we trying to convince you to move? Uh, Has that ever been done? Uh, When I saw Sleepy Hollow. I've never seen uh, it. And Johnny Depp is like playing like a nervous Nelly. I was like, oh, that's pretty. Like, I remember appreciating that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Then... um, yeah, that whole ladder sequence was pretty good when you're trying to get up somebody a ladder and they don't want to. Um, yeah. The uh, yeah, uh, the um, little chase at the end, and then the um, th- there was also a new gore shot of him like cutting off his arm. Oh yeah, so this some- is my first viewing, so I don't know what's what, but. Yeah, doing some real 127 hours. I had a slight spoilers in that I was reading IMDb trivia, but they usually separate them between spoilers and not spoilers. But Mm -hmm. I saw on the cast list Young Axel, and I saw something about the killer's prosthetic arm. 
Mm. And because mm-hmm. they didn't reveal to the cast who was the killer, they never gave them the last three. Right. But he had to go get a makeup fitting for his prosthetic arm and somehow that tipped him off to thinking he was the killer. Although ah. you'd think that would make you think you're a victim. Yeah. But putting together, like, why would they have a young Axel? And I was like, well, we're getting the killer, mm-hmm. the killer flashback. So I was expecting it to be him. I shouldn't have done that. It would be like if, um, right. You had bought the novelization first mm, and yeah. then on the back it says, and when young, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Now I know that Qui-Gon dies. Oh yeah. Wasn't that like the, the soundtrack? The, the it was soundtrack, like yeah, death, death of, of death of Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I got. Yeah, me too. Um, this is going to be a tough best kill for me. Yes. I mean, I, I think I have mine. I think I have mine. Mine's down to, the dryer, the shower, and the rope. What's yours? What is this? Uh, the world's weirdest version of Clue? <laughs> um. <laughs> it was the miner in the mine shaft with the dryer. Dexy's Midnight Runners. <laughs> the miner in the laundrette with the dryer. <laughs> the laundrette. <laughs> um... Um, yeah, I think mine is the couple making out, the suits dropping on the chains, the shower. shower. That whole yeah. beginning, middle, and end. I had dryer. Oh, one thing I'll say, when Hollis's girlfriend gets killed, the effect they use is like a pick's missing one end, so it just kind of looks like it impales her because they uh, swing it so fast, but it looked so fake I was sitting there thinking, oh, is she in on it? And this is a fake ah. death. So I did think weird? that death was pretty underwhelming given that she survived that long and it's near the movie. You'd yeah. think it was going to be much more. Oh, and when Hollis gets killed with the nails and he's not dying, that, that was, was wild. Yeah, wasn't that it? was good. I love that. Just seeing so many kind of like, because he gets blurry vision. Remind me, what's that scene? Um, uh, Torn Curtain. Where Paul Newman just he can't kill a guy. He's just trying and trying. It's so hard to. I gotta see that. uh, That's what it reminded me. I was like, God, if you were a slasher and you face Hollis, he's a bear of a man. You probably got to put some nails in his head. Absolutely. More. I think I'm gonna go Mabel in the dryer. Perfect. That's Mm. a good one. That is a good one. Okay, so we're talking. Let's revisit here. We've got. Black Christmas, we each gave a 13. Mm-hmm. New Year's Evil, I gave an 8.5. You gave it a 9. What are you giving? Mm. My Bloody Valentine. My Bloody Valentine. I'll Is give it. Your, um... Are your veins a little weak <laughs> when you open them to leak? <laughs> I'll give it 11 and a half. Ooh, I'll give it an 11. I really um, liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. Um, in Brantley Palmer's notes, it said uh, this is Quentin Tarantino's favorite slasher. That's right. A yeah. man who loves slashers made a good one too with Death Proof. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, did you get lift those blankets? Oh, I did. Yeah. I did get that. That was a nice little gift. We got a nice gift from Video Archives, the yeah. podcast. And it's uh, got a little like collector's card in there signed by them. Yeah. Yeah. By Avery I know. And Tarantino. And, I really liked it. It yeah. was nice. Very nice. All right. Well, next week is April Fool's, and that's no joke. <laughs> Grandpa Joe. No, 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 no. It's Leprechaun. You're right. But so it was a 
that it wasn't just an April, April Fools. Fools. It was a double April Fools. You <laughs> fucking idiots! Why can't you see? Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad because I I'm not as much looking forward mm-hmm. to Leprechaun. So I don't. I'm glad we get to end on April Fools. Yeah. Um. I I feel you. Um. Uh. The um. I'd like to think that that we are gonna watch Leprechaun. And you're like. Well, uh, I'm calling Audible. We're watching the sequels, buddy. I love because it's that good. <laughs> yeah, I have, think that's what's going to happen. You're going to be like, I actually want to watch all the leprechauns. How, and how many are there? Eight or something? Are there as many leprechauns as Chucky's? Yeah. By the there's way, there's only I, one that has Jennifer Aniston and Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure in it. So, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, by the way, when they did the when Happy the bartender starts telling the legend of Large Marge, it did seem like a night twenty years ago. <laughs> Um, uh, when I got my letterboxed year in review, they tell you who like the most watched actor was or director. Right. My director was, um, I forget his name. I watched all the thin man movies over Christmas. Oh, so the director of that was my most watched director, but my most watched actor was Brad Dourif. And I could not put it together going, what did I, do? I didn't watch Cuckoo's Nest. I didn't know. Exorcist 3 I could not put it together and like oh fucking all right of course it's Chucky oh and he gets you like one last time <laughs> Chucky like oh god and he messed up my letterbox this uh, yeah um, and then if I watch all those leprechauns it's gonna be Warwick Davis this is my most watched actor <laughs> yeah that's right uh, Megan um, seems like to be a big hit right now I know people are loving Megan and I I can't tell if it's a zeitgeist love like snakes on the plane or it really is mm-hmm. fun but we'll probably I've seen it tomorrow oh you are that's nice yeah uh, my uh, Leslie's uh, parents the, their family is in town oh. so they're gonna watch the kid and Leslie are like we gotta see that Megan movie. will you text me after and let me know what you think <laughs> yes I okay, will okay good alright alright well we'll see you next week with a leprechaun with a leprechaun I know bye bye for more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early, plus monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with and Rust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Gorley, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 